Good morning, family. Best thing in the world is to be a Christian. And if you're not a Christian today, we hope this service will move you further that way. Because if you weren't inspired by that singing, God gave you those voices. And we got to lift him up. What a privilege it was to lift him up in praise today. Man. And then there's that song, Because He Lives. And you sang it. I heard you. And life is worth the living because he lives. Because the opposite of that is true as well. Like, what, what is life without Jesus living? What, what is life without God bringing his son to the world that we might live again? Like, this is it? This is all? But it's not all, not for the child of God. Our life is worth the living. And we get to live today. And we get to be in the same room together. Many of you have your families here. Some of you grieve in your family because you've had loss or, or maybe they're not with you and our heart goes out to you as well. But it's just good to be together, isn't it? As the family of God. I know you know this, that in a quaint little village years ago, a baby boy was born, and he was born to a mother, though, who had become pregnant out of wedlock. In her culture, that would have resulted in a death sentence. Her fiancé, who loved her in spite of her predicament, went ahead with his plans, and he married her. Today, some would have counseled this woman to not go through the shame and embarrassment of an unplanned pregnancy. Others would have counseled the young man not to marry a woman who became pregnant out of wedlock. But it all worked together just as planned, just as Jehovah God planned. Her name was Mary and his name was Joseph. That, that little baby they were to bring into the world would be named Jesus. And why Jesus? Because Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. And, and this little boy would become the savior of the, all the world, and all of this would play out to be the fulfillment of the plan promised by God, and we're a part of that plan today. Praise God for that. And I want to preach this lesson not because I believe that December 25th is a holy day that, that's been made by man. But I want to preach this lesson because I want us to be very clear and very biblical on how we should view the virgin birth of Jesus and how it should impact every one of us. And second of all, I want to preach it because your minds are on it. And that's a good thing. You see, the miraculous conception and the virgin birth of Jesus are really important pillars of the Christian faith, of my Christian faith, and of yours. Because without the virgin birth, there would be no God in the flesh to redeem us from our sins. And this very day, those who are in li alive in Jesus 
your sins have already been cleansed, whether you've mentioned them or not. Matthew 1 is the story, starts in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in verse 19, And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel the Lord commanded. And so he took Mary as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to his son, and he called his name Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, the virgin birth is impactful for at least three, five reasons. Five reasons. Reason number one, it was a divine act. This birth was pre-planned. Not by Mary, but by God. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't the couple's desire to have children. It wasn't so that God could show off his power. It was the grace and the initiative of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his son for you. It was planned. It was a miracle from God carried out by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1 and verse 18. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. That's a divine act. Verse 20. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. God created free will, which created the possibility of sin. Man did sin. God had the pre-planned answer. God in the flesh, to live, to die, to rise again for my sins. All of this by divine design. Praise God today. Number two, it was in fulfillment to prophecy. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 is where it's at. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child to bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1 and verse 21, all this took place to fulfill the scriptures through the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, through the coming of Christ, God fulfilled his promises to secure a descendant of David on his throne. It's all found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. This is God speaking to Nathan, the prophet, to tell King David these words, when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, listen to this, I will raise up your descendant, a descendant from you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish my kingdom. I will establish my kingdom, his kingdom. 
Jesus' kingdom. Verse 13, he will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And isn't that what Peter did when he stood before those thousands on the day of Pentecost? In Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 29, when he tells that through David, the Christ, the Messiah, the Christ, the chosen one, the anointed one, would come up, would come and set up his kingdom And in Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what happened. And we call it today the church. And so when you become a child of God, you become a Christian, born again of the water and of the Spirit, John chapter 3. You become a child of God. He adds you to that kingdom. A kingdom which will never be shaken. A kingdom which will never go away. A kingdom that we are a part of today. Established by Jesus the Christ. These prophecies predicted God's plan of Jesus coming into the world. Reason number three this morning. It accounts for Jesus' pre-existence. The virgin birth, listen to this closely, accounts for Jesus' pre-existence. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The fact that Jesus came into this world miraculously meshes with the fact that He already existed, that He always existed, which brings our Scripture reading in today. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, He's the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, preexistence. Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. He already existed. Jesus was not a created being. He is an eternal being. He's always been there. And he will always be there. But that's why he had to be born of a human woman but conceived by the Holy Spirit in an unnatural or supernatural way, a miracle. The fourth reason this should impact you, and the fourth reason it's a a, a pillar of our faith, is that it explains how Jesus could be fully God and fully man. It has been said, and I quote, the Holy Spirit impregnated an egg in Mary's womb with a holy seed, So that the product of that union was both human and divine. The baby formed in Mary's womb was the Word of God robed in human flesh. John 1 and verse 14. The Word, John 1 1. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He's always been there. John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw His glory. The glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace 
and full of truth. He's the one who is the fulfillment of God's grace and God's truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. He is fully God and fully man, all in one, when he came to this earth. It's why Paul said in Philippians 2 and verse 5, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, of a slave, and he was made in the image, in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, 100% man and 100% deity. How could this be? Because of Luke one thirty-seven, Nothing is impossible with God. We're not dealing with just human here. We're dealing with God and God in the flesh. And number five, the virgin birth it also complements the resurrection and ascension into heaven. You see, just as Jesus came into this world miraculously, he left miraculously. After his death, he was raised on the third day. A powerful feat which testifies to his divinity. Romans chapter 1 and verse 14 says, Paul writes to the church at Rome, Who has declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord? You see, after 40 days of showing himself to eyewitnesses, Jesus ascended back to heaven, returning to his Father, Luke 24 and verse 51. And to deny the virgin birth, to ignore the virgin birth, is to deny and ignore the inspiration of the Scriptures and the testimony of the early church. Just, just because you and I don't walk around this time of year going, Happy birthday, Jesus, doesn't mean that the virgin birth is insignificant. It's a pillar of our faith. And we're not told to celebrate that but we need to know it and we need to recognize it and we must speak of it to deny the virgin birth or to ignore it would make mary out to be an adulteress and jesus to be an illegitimate child to reject the virgin birth is to reject the divinity of jesus and his power to save and i'm here to tell you today the impact of the virgin birth is enormous. It simply sets the stage for Jesus, the Son of God, having let loose of His heavenly honor while on earth to reign as King and Savior of the world. He's not the reason for the season. Get it out of your mind. He's the reason of life. Of every season. Of everything that has to do with life, Jesus, and life is worth the living because he lives. You can deny it all day long, but he still lives today. You can accept it today, and he's going to keep on living. The deal is, he was God, 
He was the Word of God wrapped in human flesh to bring deliverance from your sins. And God, through raising this baby to be a man who chooses to go to the cross for you, says, now do you see how much I love you? Now do you see? Because grace is what that baby came to give us. To die an unjustified death, a cruel... If you would have been there, you would have done what probably so many did. And many of them looked on You know why? Well, probably various reasons, but I can imagine one of them. It was horrific. And sometimes you have to look away from horrific things to keep yourself from throwing up. But he did it for you. He did it for me. Praise God for the virgin birth. And praise him all year long. Because he came and he wrapped himself in human form to die that you might live. The thief comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life in abundance. No matter what you do today, tonight, or tomorrow, Keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on the why. The why is. That we, that's what we're concerned about. Is that he might die so that you might live. What a great day to be together today. My challenge to you this morning is simply this. God fulfilled his purpose through Jesus. And he kept his promise Will you keep your promise by following him daily? Life is worth the living because he lives.